Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday. I am so glad that you are joining us today on Link Church Online. Oh man, I am excited about what God is going to speak to us this morning. We are finishing up our series, Something's in the Water. So this is our third and final installment. And so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into the word of God. We are going to look at 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. And if you're tuning in for the first time and you're not sure who I am, I'm Pastor Jen, and I'm really happy to have you with us here this morning. So 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41, and it says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, unclog the cloud. Let's quickly pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and mercy today. We are confident that you are going to give us the word that we need to sustain and the word that we need in order to draw closer to you. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, uh, the drains in my house won't let me be great. All right. And it's not just the drains in my house. It's my husband. And the reason is because um, my husband will not let me wash my hair in whichever tub I choose in the house, okay? I have been relegated to the shower that's in our bathroom when I wanna wash my hair or my daughter's hair because he says, listen, the other tubs in the house um, just clog really easily when you wash your hair, when you wash our daughter's hair. And so you're not allowed to wash your hair there because I don't feel like cleaning up uh, the drain. I don't feel like having to unclog it. And so I guess that is a lot of people. A lot of people do not want to deal with a clogged drain because they don't want to deal with putting in the work that it takes to get that drain unclogged. Um, and just like a clogged drain keeps the water from flowing freely in your house, also in our lives, there are some times where we keep and prevent the living water from flowing freely in our lives. And so I want you to ask somebody in the comments, since we're on an online platform and we can't really look or turn to our neighbors, I want you to ask in the comments, uh, how are your spiritual pipes looking lately? Would you say that your pipes are clogged? Meaning, would you say that spiritually your pipes are clogged because maybe when you pray, heaven doesn't hear? Uh, Maybe when you read the word of God, or maybe when you sit down to meditate, you can't hear his voice clearly. Maybe when you go to worship, you're not experiencing any freedom and you're not experiencing any joy. And if the living water is not flowing freely in your life, perhaps your spiritual pipes are clogged. Perhaps you're in a dry season. But I want you to know and I want you to understand that you have the power to create your own drought. Hmm. I want somebody to put that in the comments as well. You have the power to create your own drought. Now, I'm sorry if I'm starting this message a little bit too heavy for you because maybe you thought I was getting ready to say you have the power to create your own wealth. You have the power to create the favor of God in your life. You have the power to create blessings in your life. But for today's intents and purposes, the first thing I need you to know is that you have the power to create your own drought. And the only way for that drought to be over 
is for you to unclog the clouds. How do you create your own drought? Maybe you didn't even know you could create your own drought. But in the passage of scripture that we read, we only read one verse, but I want you to understand what's going on here. By the time we get to verse 41 of 1 Kings chapter 18, at this point, there's getting ready to be rain. But before we get to this point, starting in verse, uh, sorry, starting in chapter 17, we start to realize and recognize that Elijah has called or prophesied that there would be a drought and that there would be famine. Why does this happen? And who is he even prophesying to? He's prophesying to the same Ahab that he addresses in verse 41 of um, chapter 18. Now the Bible tells us a lot about Ahab and Ahab is the perfect example of how we as human beings have the ability to create our own drought, to clog the clouds of glory and to stop the living water from flowing freely in our lives because Ahab brings on this drought. And how does Ahab do that? Well, first of all, when Ahab becomes king, he is doing evil in the sight of God. He is worshiping other gods. He is sacrificing to other gods. He is actually provoking the anger and the grief of God because he's so evil. And to put it in perspective, the Bible even tells us that Ahab does more evil than all of the kings that came before him. And you need to know that the kings that came before Ahab were also evil and were also doing wickedness but Ahab tap tops all of them. Now, how did Ahab become so evil? First of all, the Bible lets us know that Ahab is married to Jezebel. And if you grew up in the cultural and church context that I grew up in, perhaps you used to think, or perhaps you still think that when somebody has a Jezebel spirit, it means that it's a woman who wears red lipstick and red nail polish. But I want you to know that Jezebel has nothing to do with red lipstick and red nail polish. As a matter of fact, I happen to like red lipstick. You'll probably see, see it, you know, rolling around when it becomes holiday season, but that's for another topic. But the spirit of Jezebel, when we talk about somebody having the spirit of Jezebel, it's not even relegated to just females. It can be a person of either gender, a male or a female. And someone who has the spirit of Jezebel is a person that is controlling, is a person that is manipulative, is a person that needs uh, the attention to be on them, the focus to be on them. They have the desire to run everything. They are deceptive. They will misconstrue things. They twist things. They are dishonest. The spirit of Jezebel is a dangerous spirit. And yet Ahab, has married Jezebel, the woman who gives birth to uh, and has given birth to the spirit of Jezebel that unfortunately still lingers in the earth, but Ahab is married to her. And I believe because Ahab is married to this idol worshiper, because Ahab is married to this wicked woman, this deceptive woman, this manipulative and controlling woman, he is persuaded even more to do evil in God's eyes. And so that is why it 
it is important also that you recognize who it is you are getting ready to make an alliance with. It matters who you are not only married to, but it matters who you are connected to in this life. Because if you are connected to and aligned with a person who is out of alignment with God, if you are married to a person who is wicked, if you are married to a person who is evil, if you are married to a person who is uh, narcissistic, narcissistic, if you are just even in cahoots with a person that is uh, sinful and you are aligned with a person that has bad business practices and they're lacking in integrity and doing things that are wicked and evil and conniving are fine with them, then you by being connected to them and being in alignment with them can cause a drought to occur in your life and can cause a drought to occur to everything that is attached to you. It matters to whom you are connected, not just in marriage, but in life in general. It matters who your friends are. It matters who your business partners are. It matters who it is that you decide you should be in covenant with because perhaps the person or the people that you are connected to are causing the drought and the dry places in your life. I want to take a minute to pause here and let men know also that uh, we need you. I, I want men to be uplifted and encouraged and empowered in this in this point of the sermon, because I want you to know that regardless of what society says, regardless of what other women have told you, it is a lie from the pit of hell for you to think that you are not needed or for you to think that your lifestyle and what you do and how you carry yourself does not carry weight, but it does because God has called you to be king and to be priest. And so I want you to know that if you are the head of a household, if you are the head of a family, if you are a leader, in your community, in your church, on your job. I don't care where you are, man of God, in your life. I need you to know that you are not called to be an Ahab. You are not called to succumb to the Jezebel spirit, but you are called to rise up and to be strong. You are not called to cause a drought, but you are called to unleash and unlock and unclog the clouds of the living water of Jesus Christ, of the favor of God in your life and in those that are connected to you. Yes, man of God, you have the power to create a drought, but you also have the power to unclog the clouds. And so we see here because of Ahab that we have the power in our lives to create a drought based on our lifestyle, based on our disobedience, based on how we treat others based on whether or not we uh, give our lives over to God, based on whether or not we surrender to the living water, uh, you have the power to actually deactivate the living water in your life. And so that's what is so key to recognize about the living water. And that is one of the things that you should recognize about the living water so far in this message is the fact that you actually have the power to deactivate him uh, and keep him from flowing in your life, not because you are stronger than him, but because he needs uh, for you to not create any barriers to him flowing freely and 
moving about freely and doing whatever it is he needs to do in your life. And if you choose to live a life that is lacking in integrity, if you choose to live a life of sin, if you choose to live a life of unforgiveness, a life of disobedience, whatever it is that you do that displeases God, if you choose to live your life that way, you will clog the clouds. What clouds am I talking about? I'm talking about the clouds of favor. I'm talking about the clouds of joy. I'm talking about the clouds of peace. I'm talking about the clouds of restoration and healing. Whatever it is you need from the living water, he will not release it if you are living in such a way like Ahab. And he will allow you to cause your own drought. God did not cause the drought that Ahab and his people experienced it. God allowed it, but he did not cause it. Ahab caused it because of his behavior, because of his lifestyle. But we not only have the power to deactivate the living water in our lives, but we have the power to activate the living water in our lives and to unclog the clouds. But how do we get to a place where we activate the full reign of God in our lives? Well, if you were to uh, read the text in its entirety, if you were to read 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, before we uh, even get to how we get to the rain, we see that God has Elijah pray for rain. And I don't know about you, but this messed me up initially because I'm like, why is God going to have Elijah pray for rain when I don't see a change in Ahab's behavior? I do not see the repentance of Jezebel. So why do these people now get to experience rain? I understand why they experience drought, but why do they experience rain? This bothered me until I considered another character that is in this text that we did not have a chance to read because of time. But um, before we get to verse 30, 41 of uh, chapter 18 in 1 Kings, uh, if you read further up in the text, we see a man by the name of Obadiah. And the Bible tells us that Obadiah greatly loved God. We learn here uh, in these few passages of scripture that Obadiah feared God. We can tell that Obadiah was living a life that was pleasing to God. What else did Obadiah do besides just love and fear God? Well, when the prophets of God, the true prophets of God and the true men of God were being killed, Obadiah took a, a hundred of them and by fifties, he hid them in caves and he fed them bread and water. And so what we see here is that Obadiah also shows his love for God. It doesn't just stay in his heart, but it, uh, it flows and spills over into his actions and into his lifestyle. And he makes sure that these true men of God are not only hidden so that they can't be killed, but he also sees to it that they do not starve. And so I find this interesting because I feel as if, and I believe that what God is showing us here is that even though Ahab has deactivated the living water uh, in his life and in the lives of those around him, because there was a remnant, because there was a ramp in the thicket, because there was a man that was actually living upright before God because there was a man that was actually pleasing to God. Now we see that this righteous living has the power to now activate 
the living water, has the power to unclog the clouds so that it can rain. And so what I realize here is that even though there may be an Ahab around, as long as there is also an Obadiah, the reign of God will not stop uh, forever. The reign of God will not stop indefinitely. And so now three years pass, and I believe that in this time frame, God has seen the lifestyle and the love and the respect and the fear of God that Obadiah had. And so now God says, because of this, I have to send rain. And it's because Obadiah and Elijah were living righteously uh, that Elijah was then uh, able to pray and ask God for rain and God obliged. And so what does that show us here? It shows us that there is no power greater than that of the living water. It shows us that that even when there is evil lurking and even when there is wickedness around us and even when there is temptation around us and even when there are those around us that are doing wrong, if we are determined to live right, if we are determined to stand for righteousness, if we are determined to live lives of integrity, if we are determined not to be involved in wickedness and in evil, that even when those things are around us, if we refuse to yield to the temptation that is around us and we refuse to get pulled in to the devices and into the tricks of the enemy perhaps even where there should not be rain there will be rain not because of Ahab but because of Obadiah what is it about God that keeps him from allowing rain to fall for about three years. Well, it is because the living water, there's, there's just something in him, there's something about him that causes him not to be a wasteful God. He is intelligent, he is brilliant, and he refuses to waste. He will not rain on ground and seeds that are sown in evil and that are sown in wickedness and that are sown in disobedience and that are sown in lack of faithfulness and that are sown uh, in unforgiveness and that are sown in anger. He will not waste his oil. He will not waste his favor. He will not waste his anointing. He will not waste his power. He will not waste his favor. He will not waste his blessings. He will not rain down on a ground where seeds have been sown that are not right and that are not pure and that are distorted and that are sown uh, in spirit uh, that he has that do not come from him. He will not do that. And so now he has stopped the rain. But if he looks around on the earth and if he looks around the world and he starts to see that, wait a minute, but there is somebody that is sowing in righteousness. There is somebody that is sowing in love. There is somebody that is sowing in faithfulness. There is somebody that is sowing in forgiveness. There is somebody that is sowing in obedience. Then he says, but now I still have no choice but to uncover 
claw of the cloud. Think about it. God is not different than even an earthly investor. An earthly investor will not sow his money and will not sow his time and will not sow his resources and his connections into people and into areas that are not going to use the investment wisely, that are not going to use the money wisely, that are not going to sow wisely. It would be a waste and God is not going to waste his anointing on the life of someone who shows him that they don't want it. He will not waste his oil in the lives and in on the lives of people who show him that they have no regard for him. I'm sorry if it sounds harsh, but if you blatantly disobey God, if you know that what you are doing is wrong and how you are living is wrong and you still continue in that way, knowing that it's wrong, but you don't care that it's wrong and you are going to continue to do what you want to do, God will shut up the clouds of his glory. He will shut up the clouds of his favor. He will shut up the clouds of his anointing because he will not waste it on ground where the seeds are not going to grow anyway. But at some point he realizes that Ahab and Jezebel have sown some evil seeds, but he says, I can't forget though about Obadiah, who has sown great seeds. And perhaps that is who you are. Perhaps you are Obadiah. See, perhaps there are areas in your life that have up until now been dry. Perhaps there are areas in your city areas in your community that up until now have been dry. Perhaps there are places in this world that you are called to that have been dry. And perhaps they've been dry because there's a spirit of Ahab that has been lingering and that has been circling. Perhaps the spirit of Ahab in your family has caused there to be a generational curse of divorces. And it seems like the cloud of healthy and successful relationships and marriages is clogged. And it's because there's been Ahabs in your bloodline. There have been people in your bloodline who will not surrender their relationships to God, who will not surrender their relationships to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so because of that, uh, the relationships are not healthy and the relationships always seem to fall apart, perhaps in your family and in your bloodline up until this point, there has been the generational curse of debt and financial freedom is the cloud that is clogged because perhaps you come from a line of family uh, members and a bloodline of people who will not tithe and people who will not give to not only uh, the church, but will not give to uh, the community at large. And perhaps you've come from a bloodline of people who are tight with their money and they are stingy. And as a result, what they have not realized is that because they have sown those types of seeds, the clouds of financial freedom and breakthrough and deliverance and rain and abundance have been clogged. Perhaps up until now, uh, there has been an Ahab in your bloodline. There has been a spirit of um, unhealthy living and there has been a spirit of certain diseases, some that may even be incurable, that are flowing through your bloodline.
bloodline and perhaps there are things that happened in your bloodline generations and centuries ago that you're not even aware of, but there have been things at work. Oh my God, I feel like God wants me to preach heavy right here. Perhaps generations and centuries ago, there have been deals that were made, mighty God, in the spirit uh, realm. Yes, I know this is a bit heavy, but just hang in there. There have been deals that were made in the spirit realm and in order for your family to get one thing, uh, they made a deal with the enemy, but now it has brought down another thing. And so now health and incurable diseases and, and, and genetic defects seem to run in your bloodline. Perhaps uh, there are things in your bloodline that it seems like before anyone can get married, whether it's male or female, they first have to have a child out of wedlock. Perhaps before uh, anyone in your bloodline can be successful in business, it seems like they have to go through uh, dealings with uh, those who are in business, but they are not um, people with integrity. Perhaps there are so many things that have happened in your bloodline. Perhaps there were Ahabs and Jezebels in your bloodline that you didn't even know about, but God is revealing to you today and he's opening up your mind today to understand that. Yes, there have been Ahabs, and Jezebel's in your life that have caused there to be a drought. But today, if you are willing to be the Obadiah that I have called you to be, you can unclog the cloud. You can unclog the pipe. You can cause the living water to flow because there's something in the water. There's something in him and there's something about him that he will not come if there is an area uh, in your life or in your city that does not want him. He will not come if there are seeds that that are evil that have been sown, but he will come when he notices seeds of righteousness being sown. He will come when he notices seeds of fasting and prayer being sown. And so this word and this message about Ahab and your bloodline is not coming to scare you. It is actually coming to empower you so that you would know that God has indeed called for the Obadiah in you to stand up. Perhaps God has called you to be the one that will not uh, starve the purpose of God, but will feed the purpose of God. Just like Obadiah fed the men of God and he kept them hidden. He's getting ready now to come to the forefront. We're talking about Obadiah and perhaps God wants you to feed the purpose so that the Obadiah in you can come forth. Perhaps now, even where there were seeds of um, stinginess sown. God wants you to now sow seeds of giving. Perhaps where there were seeds of uh, discord and lack of communication and wanting to do things your, in your own way that were uh, in relationships that were sown in your family. Now he wants you to sow seeds of inviting God into your marriage and inviting God into your friendships and inviting God into your other familial relationships. Perhaps where there were seeds were sown uh, where there were, um, there was just a lack of regard for health. 
health. Now God wants you to be uh, conscious of your health and he wants you to trust him with your health and he wants you to sow seeds of wisdom as it pertains to your health, but also seeds of faith that whatever uh, generational curse came up until it came to you, uh, it is broken now in the name of Jesus and it can no longer flourish now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you are feeding the purpose of God. You are sowing seeds of love to God. You are sowing seeds of obedience to God. You are sowing seeds of righteousness to God. You are sowing seeds of faith and you are sowing seeds of trust and you are sowing seeds of prayer and you are sowing seeds of worship and you are sowing seeds of fasting and you are sowing the very seeds that are needed in order to unclog the cloud because it is not God's will to keep the clouds of glory clogged to you. It is not God's will to see you suffer in a drought. It is not God's will to see you suffer in a famine. He actually wants to rain down his anointing and he wants to rain down his power and he wants to rain down his blessings and not just favor, but uncommon favor. He wants you to hear the sound of the roar of the abundance of rain. He doesn't want to just give you a little bit of droplets here and there. He doesn't want it to drizzle in your life. He doesn't want it to mist in your life, but he wants there to be an abundance of rain in your life. And so he's asking you today, will the real Obadiah please stand up? Will the Obadiah for the city of Charlotte stand up? Will the Obadiah in your marriage stand up? Will the Obadiah needed in your job and in your community stand up? Where is Obadiah? God is saying, I see plenty of Ahabs. I see plenty of Jezebels, but where is Obadiah to have the power to unclog the clouds and let me reign in your life? The enemy will have you thinking that Jesus Christ wants it to be dry in your life. He'll have you thinking that Jesus Christ wants there to be a famine in your life. But that is a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the pit of hell. God is a God of abundance. He is a God of exceeding and abundantly. He is a God of wealth. Why would he want it to be dry? And why would he want there to be a famine in your life indefinitely? No, he's actually giving us this word so that we will know how to go forward. I believe that in our city, in our state, in our country and around the world, there are too many Ahabs. But what God is showing us is that even in the presence of an Ahab, if I have an Obadiah, I will make it rain. I will unclog those clouds and I will call for a downpour. I love the fact that when Ahab said, I mean, when Elijah said to Ahab, go ahead, get up, eat and drink. Cause I hear the sound. I love the way uh, the new King James version says it. Uh, it says, uh, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Uh, but if you read it in the amplified version, it says there is the sound of a roar of the abundance of rain. It's as if what Elijah heard was aggressive. What Elijah heard was loud. What Elijah heard was boisterous because when God shows up, he also shows out and he was not just going to let it be any kind of rain. I read another version that allowed us to see that as Elijah was praying for this rain, he not only heard the abundance of rain, but there's another version of this scripture that says that the clouds 
clouds were getting dark and, and the winds were starting to kick up. Why? Because God wants us to know just how heavy his rain is. And the thing about the rain of God is that when the living water, when Jesus Christ decides to rain in your life, it doesn't just rain, but it pours. And I want you to know that this scripture was not given to us so that we could be nervous around the Ahabs in our life or so that we could be nervous around the Jezebels in our life. It was to show us that we, by the authority given to us by the living water, there's something in that water that breaks the curse of Ahab, that breaks the drought of Jezebel. There's something in the living water that if you're willing to be an Obadiah where he can flow freely through you, it breaks every generational and demonic curse that has ever come in your way and tried to clog the cloud. But God says, not today, not any longer from this day forward. If you will stand up in me and stand up for me and be righteous in the midst of an evil world, I, the Lord, will cause it to uncloud, unclaws the cloud to be unclogged. There is so much going on around us. So much hatred, so much violence, so much killing and so much mistreatment and so much disregard for human life. And It grieves me that some of us in the church who have access to the power of God sit and allow Ahab and Jezebel to wreak havoc. Jezebel is an intimidating character, I know. And Ahab is is lacking in any sort of integrity or, or ability to think for or stand for him up for himself. But I want you to know today that God does not want us to be intimidated by and scared of and run from Ahab or Jezebel. He wants us to eradicate them. See, the thing about you being an Obadiah is that because of your righteousness, Rain will fall where maybe it doesn't even deserve the rain. Ahab and his people that were doing wickedness in God's eyes didn't deserve the rain. But because there was an Obadiah, God was like, Elijah, you got to pray for rain and I'm going to send it and I'm going to send it in abundance. And so rain came anyway. What you don't realize is that by allowing God to use you to unclog the cloud and you know what your cloud is. It could be the financial debt that we talked about. It could be the lack of health that we talked about. It could be the lack of healthy relationships in your family that we talked about. It could be none of the above. But if you do some soul searching and some introspection, I know that you will know what your cloud is. And so what God is saying is that perhaps in your family, The only way there will ever be any rain, the only way there will ever be any favor, the only way there will ever be any power, anointing, salvation, healing, is if you unclog the cloud. What God is showing us is that in order for the cloud to be unclogged, 
Just as Ahab deactivated the living water, the only way for you to activate the living water is to take action. You have to live right. You have to be obedient to God and you have to fast and you have to pray. That is how you unclog the cloud. Hmm. God is looking for those who will be like Obadiah and not only live right before him, but be like Elijah and pray and have so much power behind that prayer that when they pray and that when they walk around and God sees how they're living, he has no choice but to be activated. That is the thing about the living water. There's something in the water that's just activated by obedience. There's something in the living water that's just activated by holy living. There's something in the living water that is activated by genuine worship and genuine prayer. There's just something something that he can't resist. See, that's the thing is that uh, we as humans, we're tempted to do things that are wrong, but God, it's like he can't resist it. It's like he can't get away from it. It's like he can't move from it. When he sees a person that's doing the right thing, when he sees a person that's standing up for him, when he sees a person that in the midst of evil is doing things that are good, when he sees a person that in the midst of things that are going wrong is doing things that are right, when he sees that people that in the midst of stinginess are being people of, of a giving nature. When he sees that in the midst of hatred, there are people that are loving and in the midst of confusion, there are people that are operating in peace. It's like he can't resist it. And all of a sudden the clouds begin to break and the clouds begin to shift and something begins to rumble in the spirit realm. And what is it? It is the living water. It is Jesus Christ. And he's like, man, I can't do anything but rain. I can't do anything but pour. I can't do anything but manifest. I can't do anything but bring my people out of this. I don't want their cloud to be clogged. I want them to unclog the cloud and I want them to pull on me, pull on my heartstrings, pull on my mind, pull on my hands so that I can cause the cloud. See, the more you do God's will and the more that you live for God, the more that cloud begins to swell. And then once you put a prayer on it, like Elijah prayed, all of a sudden here comes the sound of the abundance of rain. The spirit of Ahab is all around us. But the question is, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to be like the prophets of Baal? And are we going to be like Ahab and succumb to Jezebel? Or are we going to say, nope, I'm an Obadiah. And no matter what is going on around me, it's the word of God that stands in my life and it's the word of God that I stand on. Hmm. I believe that there is an abundance of rain coming to the city of Charlotte. I believe that there is an abundance of rain coming to Link Church. Hmm. You don't have to see it. You don't have to believe it. I'm telling you what I know. There is an abundance of rain coming to this country. There is a revival that is coming if we are willing to unclog the cloud, if we're willing to get in alignment with the will of God, be on our post, do what we're supposed to do, fast and pray. God will have no choice but to unclog the cloud. And I don't want you to miss out 
on this abundance of rain that is coming. I hope you don't want to miss out on the abundance of rain that is coming. I declare and I decree that if you are willing to be an Obadiah for your family, there is an abundance of rain coming to your family. If you are willing to be an Obadiah in your city, there's an abundance of rain coming to your city. If you are willing to be an Obadiah in your community, there's a um, an abundance of rain coming to your community. If you're willing to be an Obadiah in your church, there is an abundance of rain coming to your church. Wherever it is, you're willing to be an Obadiah. I believe that you are then going to also be an Elijah where you will pray and rain will begin to fall. Do not be intimidated by the evil or the wickedness or the demonic forces that up until now have tormented you and caused the drought in your life. That cloud does not have to stay clogged. It is in your power by the authority of Jesus Christ to command that cloud to be unclogged. Ahab, Satan, Jezebel, whatever you want to call it, have up until this point been causing a drought and famine in your life. Perhaps you have even been the cause of some of it. But if you are willing to do a shift, a 180, and become an Obadiah and become an Elijah, there is an abundance of rain coming to you and coming to yours. And I don't want you to miss that. How, how do you ensure that you don't miss out on the abundance of rain that's coming, that's, that's getting ready to, to fall on us? First and foremost, you have to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if you have not started a relationship with Jesus Christ, then first I want you to click the raise hand button to let us know that you want to give your life to Jesus. That is step one. Step two, once you've clicked the raise your hand button from there, please request prayer so that one of our prayer partners can stand with you and pray with you and begin this initial step of giving your heart to Jesus Christ. If you've already given your life to Christ, but you know that there are some dry places in your life. There are some places in your life that have been suffering from drought and that have been suffering from a famine. And you know that you've been the cause of that and you need the, the Obadiah and the Elijah spirit and the Obadiah and the Elijah anointing to, to rise up in you so that you can uncloud the cloud. You also can request prayer by clicking the request prayer button. And for the rest of us, I am getting ready to pray a prayer of faith, believing that God is going to help us unclog those uh, clogged clouds in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that you have brought forth. We are so grateful that you have shown us why there may be some dry areas in our life. You have shown us why we may be experiencing drought or famine at this point. But I am also grateful, God, that you don't just present us with a problem, but you present us with a solution. And God, you are telling us that the solution is not to succumb and to become an Ahab, not to be uh, sowing seeds of evil or disobedience or sin, but to sow seeds of righteousness, to sow seeds of love to you, to sow seeds of obedience, to sow seeds of faithfulness. And when we have sown those seeds, God, you will also give us the space and the ability to pray. And it is in that moment that we pray that God, you will allow our clarity clouds to be unclogged 
Father, I break generational curses right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ over someone's life who has been struggling and who has been bound by the demonic oppression, by generational curses that have tormented them, but we declare them broken in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare those clouds unclogged right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare that they will no longer take on a spirit of Ahab where they believe that they have to succumb to the evil or that they have to succumb to the generational curse or that they have to succumb to the demonic oppression and we thank you God for the power that is being released we thank you for the anointing that is being released we thank you for every cloud that is being unclogged we thank you for the victory we thank you for the authority that we have in you and we stand firm on your word we stand firm on your promises and God we will continue to sow the right seeds until we see this famine break, until we see this drought break, until we hear the sound of the abundance of rain and not just the sound, but until we see and we feel not droplets, we will not settle for a drizzle. We will not settle for mist, but we will not stop until we are drenched and soaked in the anointing and in the power of God. And so God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your power. Thank you for being gracious enough to us, God. That we don't have to live in a drought any longer, but that we can unclog the cloud and experience your rain. Thank you for being just that good, for being just that kind, for being just that merciful and being just that gracious. We adore and honor and worship your name. We thank you that the curse of Satan is broken over our lives. The power of Satan is broken over our lives right now. We thank you for freedom and for every unclogged cloud. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. We believe and we pray and we trust that God is getting ready to do amazing things in your life, that the clouds are getting ready to open up as you walk before God in a way that pleases him. Take care, have a blessed week, and we will see you next Sunday. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.